win and in. That's what's on the mind of the Cowboys as they get set to play BYU. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome in to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And for Oklahoma State, all they have to do is beat BYU and they will face most likely Texas in the Big 12 championship game. And when you look at how this season started, I keep talking about it. I've talked about it over and over again. I am shocked that this is where we're at at this point in the season. This team has had some really bad losses, but they've had better wins, and that is what has put them in this position to make the Big 12 championship game, which in and of itself is a success for the way this season has gone. Looking at this weekend for the Big 12, there are a few different scenarios with how the Big 12 championship game can play out. Some of them are a little harder to understand than others, but most of those scenarios end in Oklahoma State and Texas playing for the Big 12 championship. We can get the obvious one out of the way first. If Oklahoma State and Texas both win, then it's Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech. If Oklahoma State were to lose and Texas were to win, then it would be Texas versus OU in a rematch of the Red River rivalry. If Texas were to lose to Texas Tech, and if K-State were to beat Iowa State, then Texas would still get in. But if Texas Tech were to defeat Texas, now this is the confusing one. If Texas Tech were to defeat Texas, and Iowa State beats Kansas State, and Oklahoma State beats BYU, then it would be a rematch of Bedlam, OU versus Oklahoma State. So a Texas loss combined with a K-State loss would be or is the only scenario that locks Texas out of the Big 12 championship. So a three-way tie, which would be, it would be a three-way tie between OSU, OU, and Texas, assuming OU were to win as well. So the highest place common opponent is Iowa State. Despite OSU being the only team with a loss to Iowa State among that group, it appears the Big 12 would still find a way to give OSU the nod thanks to their win over Oklahoma while Texas lost to the Sooners. See, it's it's super confusing. So I hope that's not the one that happens because it's chaotic, but it could be the one that happens, although I don't see Texas Tech beating Texas. Uh, and, I mean, Iowa State could very well beat K-State. That's not out of the question. That's a that's a big rivalry game, and K-State just played an emotional rivalry game against KU. Now, there is a scenario that puts Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. They need both TCU to beat OU and BYU to beat OSU. Now, if all hell breaks loose and, say, everyone loses, then... I don't know what would happen. Like if OU were to lose, Texas were to lose, OSU were to lose, uh, K-State were to lose, then maybe at that point Iowa State, because that would be a six-way tie, Iowa State would sneak, sneak in. So there is there is a chaotic way this this could break out. I don't see that happening, but... You never know with big the Big 12 play. But the most likely set of scenarios, Texas wins, Oklahoma State wins, Texas, Oklahoma State, for the final time sharing a conference 
for the Big 12 championship. And I would think that Oklahoma State fans would be joined by Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, K-State, KU, all those other Big 12 fans in rooting for the Cowboys so Texas doesn't win the Big 12 championship on their way out of the Big 12. Oklahoma State making it to the Big 12 championship game would mean so much for not only the season, the program, future seasons as well, because every team that will be left remaining, including the new teams coming in, in Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, are trying to figure out who is going to be the new king of the Big 12. And it, it's always there's always going to be a few schools... Right, The Big Ten has Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin. They sprinkle themselves in there every once in a while. But for the most part, it's it's Michigan and it's Ohio State. The SEC, they have Alabama and Georgia. Every once in a while, Tennessee and Auburn and even Kentucky every once in a while and Florida, but not for a bit, sprinkle themselves in there as well, but it's Georgia and it's Alabama. The ACC, Clemson and FSU, set at the top. So who is going to be those teams? And Oklahoma State can put themselves in that argument and say, hey, it's Oklahoma State and is it K-State? Is it Iowa State? Is it KU now that they've come on? Will it be Utah as they come in? Could it be a big turnaround from Colorado and and they take you know part of that? But Oklahoma State can say, hey, we're there. You guys figure out who else is going to be there with us. And let the rest of the Big 12 sort itself out. And making the Big 12 championship in a year that sees OU and Texas leave, preventing by winning Bedlam, preventing OU from being in that Big 12 championship game. Because the worst case scenario for these remaining Big 12 teams was an OU-Texas rematch in the Big 12 championship game because it's like, see, you know, because you could have argued those are the two teams. Now, Texas has struggled over the, uh, since Mac Brown left over the last several years. But Texas and OU go in that conversation with Alabama, Georgia, with Ohio State, Michigan, with Clemson and Florida State. They're, they're right there. Now they're leaving. Who comes in? And it would have been disastrous not good at all for the remaining Big 12 teams if those two teams that have said, hey, you know, we're kings of the conference, good luck, see you later, now you're going to fall off a little bit. And I certainly think that with the new teams coming in, with what Oklahoma State has shown this season, the resiliency of the Cowboys, they're, they're not the worst conference remaining. Uh, a lot of things are going to change with, with teams leaving, you know, USC and Oregon are heading to the uh, Big Ten, and, and that's going to change some things. But I certainly think the Big 12 can sit there and say, hey, we're just as good as the Big Ten. We're better than the ACC, and we're just as good as the Big Ten. We play good defense, and we have significantly better offenses than the Big Ten does despite them adding Oregon and USC, despite Ohio State and Michigan being two of the top four or five teams in the nation, 
Outside of that, it's a considerably amount weaker, and I would stack up from top to bottom the Big 12 with the Big 10 any day. We saw last year what the best team in the Big 10 and the best team in the Big 12 looked like against each other, and it made the best team in the Big 10, Michigan, play the game like TCU, the best team in the Big 12, wanted to play it, and it was a high-scoring affair, and at the end of the day, Michigan just couldn't keep up with TCU. So I'll take our best teams and down over their best teams and down. You tell me what team in the Big 12 Iowa can score with. There's not a one. There's not a one. There's not a single team in the Big 12 that Iowa can score with. Iowa's offense is putrid. And their defense isn't good enough to stop how talented these Big 12 offenses are. And as Cincinnati and BYU and Houston and UCF and Utah and Colorado and Arizona State and Arizona, they get used to the Big 12. They get used to recruiting for the Big 12. They get used to how the Big 12 plays. Their offenses are going to get elevated as well. And I, I sit here and say, the SEC is kings of football, but there's no reason the Big 12 can't be right there with them. And I am one of these that says conference to conference is just as good as the Big 10. So it's a success for Oklahoma State when you look at how conference realignment is going to set everything up. But they do have to beat BYU. So let's look at this BYU versus Oklahoma State matchup. It is at Oklahoma State. It is in Stillwater. Uh, Oklahoma State won their game last week uh, over Houston, forty-three to thirty. BYU lost to OU, thirty-one to twenty-four. In fact, BYU has lost their last four games in a row. They lost to Texas, thirty-five to six. West Virginia, thirty-seven to seven. Iowa State, forty-five thirteen. Now they played OU pretty close, but did lose that one, thirty-one to twenty-four. Those t- Texas and West Virginia losses were on the road. The Iowa State and Oklahoma games were both. Uh, in Provo, but this game is in Stillwater, and when you look at this team, they're 1-4 and four on the road. Their only road win is against Arkansas. Uh, they won that game 38-31. That was back on September 18th, so a lot has happened. Uh, they're 2-6 and six in conference play. Their only conference wins are Cincinnati and Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech was actually their last win. That was back on October 21st. They haven't won a game since then. So BYU on a little bit of a, a skid right now. Uh, they are 5-6. and six. They are fighting for bowl eligibility. They would love to see that in their first year in the Big 12 being bowl eligible, but they're going to have to get through Oklahoma State to do that. Uh, Oklahoma State um, sitting at a much better spot. They are 8-3 and three and 6-2 six and two in conference play. The Cowboys come into this game as number 23 in the nation. They have played BYU twice. They've won both of those. Their last meeting was all the way back in 1976, and they won that game 49-21. to Something tells me that looks a little similar, could be a little similar to what this year's score looks like. The Cowboys are favored in this game by 17 points. A little fun fact about this matchup is Oklahoma State and BYU have played twice in their history, and both matchups came 
in a three-year span in bowl matchups. 1974 was the first matchup between the Cowboys and the Cougars meeting in the Fiesta Bowl, which Oklahoma State won 16-6 in Tempe. And the second meeting was 1976, which is the Tangerine Bowl, which in Orlando, Florida, and OSU won that one again 49-21. For the Cougars, some key players to watch. Running back Aiden Robbins, when you look at uh, Robbins on the season. He has 85 carries for 411 yards, averaging about 4.8 a carry. He has one touchdown, but he's coming off his best week of the season. When you look at what he did against uh, OU, 22 carries, he had 182 yards. No touchdowns in that game, but a uh, very good game. Average 8.3 yards a carry, and they really rely on that run game. Uh, when you look at the quarterback, Jake Retzliff, coming off the game against OU, he was 15 of 26, 173. He did have two touchdowns, but threw an interception uh, as well, and BYU has really used an, a litany of quarterbacks this year. Uh, Kaden, uh, Keaton Slavis, Started the season, he played eight games. He was 153 for 266. He had six interceptions to 12 touchdowns. And then Redsliff has played in three games. He was 49 and 95. He has three touchdowns and three interceptions. On the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys, of course, it all relies on running back Ollie Gordon. He is the nation's leading rusher with 1,414 yards on the ground. He also leads FBS in just about every major rushing category. Rushing yards per game at 128.5, 200-yard rushing games at 2, carries of at least 20 yards or more, 18, 30 yards or more, 14, 40 yards, 7, and 70 yards, 2. Against BYU, the Cowboys are going to do exactly what they've done all season when they've found success, and that's hand the ball to Ollie Gordon. I'd said it at the start of the season. I've said it all year. you got to give the ball to your best player, and that best player is is Agent Zero himself, Ollie Gordon. So looking at Gordon, how good has he been? We mentioned the ac- the stats, and now he's up for some accolades as well. Uh, he's a semifinalist for the Doak Walker and also the Maxwell Award. The Doak Walker is for the nation's best running back, and then the Maxwell is nation National Collegiate Player of the Year. So it'll be interesting to see his performance against BYU and then what he gets, does against a very good Texas team if they are to make it to the Big 12 Championship of what that will do to his standing uh, in those categories. I do think that the Heisman is out unless he just absolutely goes off against uh, BYU, and then if they, obviously if they win, if he goes off against Texas too, you know, maybe a couple more 200-yard games or or whatever, maybe you see the Heisman talk come back. I do think it's wide open this year, um, more so than maybe in years past, but it is hard for a running back to win it, especially a running back that is on a three-loss team. I would say that... Gordon does have the uh, Doak Walker Award award locked up. There are some other good Big 12 running backs that will uh, will have a shot. Texas Texas's Jonathan Brooks, Taj Brooks from Texas Tech, and R.J. Harvey from UCF. So looking again back to this matchup against BYU for Oklahoma State to come away with the victory. Here's some of the uh, the keys to the game, essentially or key storylines. So Oklahoma State's offense has ran exclusively, pun intended, through Ollie Gordon throughout conference play. 
And to this point, nobody outside of UCF, when they've given him the ball consistently, has been able to slow him down. Earlier in the season, when you look at what he was doing those first three weeks when they were only giving about eight or nine touches, sure, he wasn't having great games. But since they've made the offense Ollie-centric, no one but UCF has slowed him down. BYU's defense allows 177.3 yards per game on the ground, which is 12th in the Big 12. So if Gordon can chew up yards on the ground and help the Pokes control the clock, this should be a fairly easy win for the Cowboys. However, if BYU can find a way to limit Gordon and force Alan Bowman to win the game with his arm, there's a chance, despite being in Stillwater, BYU can hang around as BYU ranks third in the Big 12 with 12 interceptions on the year, and its secondary is good enough to challenge OSU's passing game. Now, Oklahoma State is coming off a game where the passing game did look really good against a Houston defense. Uh, looking at some of those individual numbers, Alan Bowman really threw the ball all over the place. He he threw it 43 times. He was 29 to 43. He had 348 yards and. Uh, Brennan Presley, 15 catches for 189 yards, really showing out in that game. Just just an incredible game from Presley. Gordon had 164 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, the touchdowns obviously came from Gordon, uh, but Presley with the great game uh, receiving. So it has looked better, or it did look better, and it has looked better in other parts of the season. But again, the main focus of the offense is Ollie Gordon. And if they can slow Gordon down and force Bowman, that is going to present some issues. But I think Oklahoma State's defense has been good enough, especially at second half adjustments or later in the game adjustments, because they weren't playing they weren't playing Houston all that well at the start of that game. When you look at uh, what what that was at the in the first half, Houston had the lead at halftime, and Oklahoma State's defense again second half adjustments by Brian Nardo held them to just seven second half points. So, despite having a lead at the end of the first half, they only scored seven points. The rest and Oklahoma State, who scored twenty four points in the second half, come away with a thirteen point win. So the Cowboys' defense and Brian Nardo has done a great job of second-half adjustments and helping the Cowboys win a game. I've said that time and time again this season. And when you look at Bowman, Bowman is susceptible to throwing interceptions. His interception-to-touchdown ratio is not good. Ten touchdowns, nine interceptions. So it is a ball-hawking defense. And if Bowman has to throw a lot, there's a chance he's going to make some mistakes. So we'll see how that plays out, but I do like Oklahoma State in this matchup. I do not think BYU can slow them down. It's at home. It's senior night. You're playing for a shot at the Big 12 championship. You've got an experienced head coach. It's not like UCF where it's a trap game, and I was not confident heading into that game. This is different. I'm confident heading into this. When you look at uh, Brian Clinton's prediction, I disagree with it on the score. This is what he has. Clinton says 34-27, a seven-point win for Oklahoma State. He says, given what is on the line in this game for both teams, he expects it to be closer than the line show and for both teams to leave everything they have on the field. With that being said, 
Oklahoma State is just too potent on the ground for BYU to keep up with, and that will allow the Cowboys to control the pace of this game. Ollie Gordon will cap off his amazing regular season with yet another game over 150 yards on the ground, and Oklahoma State will clinch a spot in the Big 12 Championship with a win. I agree with a lot of this. I do not agree with the score. I think Oklahoma State covers. I've got them by at least 17. I think they win by three touchdowns. I'm going to say 49-28. to 49-28. That's my prediction. I think Oklahoma State comes out on senior night. Alan Bowman has his best game. Brendan Presley has a great game, and Ollie Gordon does it on the ground. And I think the Cowboys cover, win this game handily, never in doubt kind of game. And it's just a great offensive game, a good defensive game. And the Cowboys find themselves playing Texas in the Big 12 Championship. So that's what I've got predicted for this weekend for the Cowboys. We'll see if it happens. As I said, I think the season is a success. It looks a lot better to be 9-3, and 9-4 and four than it does 8-4. and four, But they're bowl eligible and they're a chance to win 10 games, which is not something I thought they could do four weeks into the season. So a fantastic turnaround by Mike Gundy, by Casey Dunn, by Brian Nardo, by Ollie Gordon and the rest of this offense, by Alan Bowman. Just a, a great job turning the season around. I'm Matt Jordan. This has been the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week.